0: Tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, cut the world over from yeah. Give a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Give a life bigger than yourself. Bigger. Welcome
1: to Live Big with Bishop Derek Greer. Senior Pastor of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. Visit gracechurchva.org for this message and to find out more about how you can grow in Christ. We serve a big God, and we believe that His Word calls for us to live big. So our prayer is that this broadcast empowers you to live a life so big that it blesses everyone and everything around you. Let's get into the teaching.
0: We've been talking about what to do when it, when it hurts. <laughs> How many you know sometimes it hurts?
2: It hurts.
0: But this week, we're going to begin a series about what to do when you're wrong. Am I the only one in this room that has made a couple mistakes in their, their lives? Has anyone walked this planet except one who has not made a mistake in their lives? So we all need this, this, this series. Genesis 12 and 10. Now there was a famine in the land. A little background here. Abraham, or Abram, who was eventually renamed Abraham, finally moved into the promised land as God had commanded him. And you know, it's, it's very easy to idealize our heroes. But when we read the, the narrative in the history of Abraham, we find a man that, like each of us, had to grow in his faith. In fact, it, it usually takes years before we become overnight successes. We get so excited about the baby, but we forget there were 25 years between the promise and little Isaac. Now there was a famine in the land. Now here's the question. How could there be a famine in the place that God had told Abraham, leave everybody and everything else behind and go to this place? So how is there going to be a famine in the place that God had sent Abraham. You know, sometimes we go through stress before God can trust us with true success. And just because we experience a little bit of pain every now and then doesn't mean we're out of the will of God. No pressure, no diamonds. And Abraham went down to Egypt to, I have something bubbling up in my heart. And and it almost seems funny to come out of my mouth. What's bubbling up in my heart, I believe the Lord is saying he's pleased with this house. I, I believe that he's saying his hand of favor is upon this house. And for most of us, our journey has not been perfect. But that has not disqualified us from our destiny or our promise. He who promised you is faithful. And he will accomplish that which he has promised. It's not as much up to you as much as up to you trusting him. And for those of you that have gotten off the road, if you just get right back on, God will see you through to your destiny. And Abram went down to Egypt to dwell there. Now, I'm not sure if Abram made this trip out of fear or out of faith. But if I judge this trip by its fruit, this was the trip that Abe picked up a slave girl named Hagar, who would become a major complication for his family and actually the planet still today. And it was also on this trip to Egypt that he walked away from his wife. So I have some doubts about whether or not Abraham was doing the right thing. And it says the famine was severe. I mean, people were hungry. It was horrible in the land it seems that he did not make the best choice to leave the promised land. But here's the deal. At least he didn't go backwards. He didn't go back to Haran. He didn't go back to Mesopotamia. And here's the deal. Every now and then I may go sideways, but I ain't never going back. I ain't never. I ain't never going back. Listen, something's still bubbling on the inside. So I'm not just going to stand here quiet. I'm going to preach this message and I interrupted as we And it came to pass when he came close to entering Egypt Abraham is new in his faith. He got a little more street in him than promised land in him at this point. So he is concocting a plan. And he said to Sarah his wife And it starts off good. He said, indeed, I know that you are a woman of beautiful countenance. I mean, it starts off really good. Baby, you are beautiful. (laughs) Baby, out of seven, I don't know if they were billions, they weren't a billionaire, but out of seven million smiles, yours is my favorite. So, you know, she's giggling and and looking at, you know, Abraham. And and he's like, Sarah, all my inappropriate thoughts are about you. So far so good with Abram. But watch verse twelve. Therefore it will happen when the Egyptians see you that they will say this is his wife, and they will kill me, but they will let you live. Maybe I'm crazy. But there's some things in my life I will fight to defend. I will cut you then pray for you later. You try to snatch up my wife. I I know I need to be more saved, but I will cut you. I will cut you. You He'd have to forgive me. But watch, watch old Abe. Please say you are my sister. That it might be well with me for your sake. And that I might live because of you. Now I know that this is Abraham, the father of the faith and everything. But you cannot read these verses without thinking. Abraham still had a little bit of Mac Daddy left little Mesopotamian lean going on in his life that God was still trying to work out. All of us are in process. All of us have to start somewhere. I know y'all came into the kingdom born of a virgin. So it was, when Abram came to Egypt, that the Egyptians saw the woman and that she was very, very beautiful. And I think you're good for a couple of minutes. I'm going to call you back though. If, if it, all right. <laughs> so here we have Sarah in her mid-60s. But you can put a whole lot of miles on the road and not lose your shine. See, I'm not scared of 50. When I finally hit 50, he <laughs> said again, <laughs> I'm going to do 50. Again. 15. How many of y'all know joy is the fruit of the Spirit? The princes of Pharaoh, verse 15, also saw her and commanded her or commended her to Pharaoh. And the woman or Sarai, Abram's wife, was taken to Pharaoh's house. This is before Pilates. This is before Botox. But when God's hand is on your life, age ain't nothing but a number. So those seasoned saints in this room, stop letting the world make you regret growing older. It's a privilege that some folks are denied. So yeah, I'm getting older, but I'm also getting better. Getting better. Verse 16. He treated Abram well for her sake. Now, this is the first time, at least in my reckoning, in the entire scripture in the Bible, that God uses a female to typify the Christ. Abraham was treated well, is that what it said? For Sarai's sake. Just as God treats us well for Jesus' sake. His beauty, my ashes. His joy, my mourning. His garment of praise, my heaviness. The cross was the place of the great exchange. So here, this woman is unfairly treated. This woman is, is done wrong, really, in every, every sense of the word, at least in my thinking. Just as Jesus was at the cross. But during that time, we see that Abram acquired sheep, oxen, male donkeys, male and female servants, female donkeys, and camels. So Abram was doing business at his wife's expense. expense. Now, this is terrible, but this is also the New Testament definition of grace. God's riches at Christ's expense where he suffered and we get healed. He deals with punishment, we get forgiven. This is why we praise so long. This is why we praise so hard. Because if it hadn't been for the Lord on my side, where would I be? But this is where the story gets a little hard to digest. It messes with your brain here. Verse 17, Abraham done everything wrong, but the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abram's wife. Abram may have been wrong, but he still had a covenant with the almighty God. How many of us have had a child that was wrong, but we still protected them? How many of us have had a child that was wrong, but we still fought for them? Hired a lawyer. Hear what I'm saying? Went to their defense. We are children of the Most High God. When we took communion, we weren't thirsty. It was about a covenant with the King of the universe, and he still watches out for his children. And Abraham... Or Pharaoh called Abram and said, What is this you have done to me? The Bible is such an honest book. It tells you the good and the bad. I mean he, he, he does his skip stuff. That's one of the reasons I believe this book. Because I would have told stories differently. It wouldn't have ever been this messy. What we see here, though, if we look at the book, we have old Abraham peddling his wife's body in exchange for his personal safety. But God still covered him. I almost don't want to say that. But instead of getting mad at God... When you read verses like this, you might want to give him a little bit of praise. Because if God didn't protect fools, most of us wouldn't be here today. Come on, tell the truth. I know you're sitting there and you're sanctified. Holy. But if God didn't protect the wayward, if God didn't protect the sometime backward, If God didn't protect those who were sometimes slanted, none of us would be in this room. So Pharaoh says, you almost don't want to preach this because it's radical what's written here about the grace of God. Why did you not tell me that she was your wife? Abraham, why did you lie to me? Why did you say she's my sister? So here we have Abraham whom the Bible calls a prophet of God. But he's still in process. And though he was in process, God didn't leave him or abandon him. Please don't hear what I'm saying. Don't you dare start trying to swap out your wife. But Abraham couldn't read the Bible like we do. Abraham was not a new creation like we are. Abraham had to start where he was. And whenever you read narratives like this, you need to, to read them. Now, now, God, if you can work with a man like that, surely you can work with a person like me. And the Pharaoh's saying, Abraham, why are you trying to get me in trouble with with, with, with God. I might have taken her as my wife. How many of you know church people could be a trip? Oh, come on, son. <laughs> it. Abraham is good church people. <laughs> under all that anointing, under all that promise, His behavior was so bad that a pagan king had to reprimand him. So this is what the king said. Now, therefore, here is your wife. Here is your wife. Take her and get out, basically. And I'm really sure it was a very tense ride on the way home from Pharaoh's mansion. Back to Abram's place. The story continues. Sixteen one. I'm going somewhere, hang with me. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne no children. And she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. Now y'all remember Hagar. This is the one she picked up on the trip to Las Vegas. I meant Egypt. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's in the book. It's in the book. I I didn't move from the book. It's the book. So Sarah said to Abraham, See now, the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Okay. Now Abraham had just played the flesh peddler in Egypt, now Sarai becomes the maiden of Canaan. I guess what's good for the goose is good for the gander. But what I want you to see here, men in particular, Abraham started this pattern in his family. And men, the asking price for leadership is accepting responsibility. That's why he made our our shoulders just a little bit wider because we're responsible for what happens in our homes. And she said, perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And watch this, watch this. And Abram heeded the voice of Sarai. Now I'm sure he protested to Sarai's face. Oh no, no, no. God forbid. But after all I just read, I think he was wink, wink and thumbs up to, 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 to Eliezer. It's my story. I'm going to tell it how I want. When the offer was made, verse 15. So Hagar, this really happened. This really happened. Prophet of God. So Hagar bore Abram a son. And Abram named his son, whom Hagar bore. It's like, it said it twice, so you can understand, Hagar really bore Abram a son. This really happened with church folk. And his name was Ishmael. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abram. Now, if you watch and read Abram's story, just go home and read Genesis it begins a little bit suspect. How many of y'all say, yeah, just a little bit suspect. And it wasn't until he was about a hundred years, 99 years old. So God said, be thou perfect and walk before him. It's like, stop all the foolishness already. So he, he gave him a season to grow and develop, but, but finally God had enough. He said, be thou perfect. Grow up, Abram, and stop with all the mess. Skip to Genesis 17 and, and 18. So, We see this this couple. They believe in God for a baby. Years have passed and they come up with these ingenious solutions that only create problem and crisis. Um, And in the end, you see, you can choose your behaviors, but you can't choose the consequences. So you can choose to go down to Egypt You can choose to sleep with your Hagar, but when there's strife in the home and hearts get broken, those are the things that kind of come with the territory called freedom. You're free to test God's grace as much as you want, but you're not free to choose the consequences. All right. I wouldn't just set, set in, set in, set in. All right, all right. 17, 18, skip again. I'm making good time. I'm almost there. But Abram is growing up a little bit. And, and it, it's not where you start that matters, it's where you end. Abram has made some mistakes along the way. A, Abram sinned. Abram did some foul things in his life. But what I want you to see today is how Abram deals with it. He doesn't pretend it didn't happen. He didn't blame someone else for it happening. Watch how he speaks to the Lord.
1: This has been Live Big with Derek Greer. Join us next time as we continue this teaching. It is our sincere prayer that you are blessed and empowered to live a life bigger than yourself today. If you want to know more about becoming a Christian, Bishop Greer wants to walk you through a step-by-step guide. It's the most important decision you'll ever make. Visit gracechurchva.org salvation to find out more. We invite you to worship with us online each Sunday on our YouTube channel at Grace Church VA TV. And while you're there, remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell to get all of our latest content. That's all for today. Until next time, live big.
2: Military and federal employees. The 2021 Combined Federal Campaign Season runs from September 1st through January 15th, 2022. Consider Grace Church for your tax-deductible CFC donations. Grace Church is passionate about meeting the needs of people near and far through its outreach programs. We provide support to local schools, shelters, and other nonprofit organizations that combat homelessness, stand with victims of domestic abuse, feed the hungry, and foster safe spaces for children. We also serve the spiritually hungry and hurting through international streaming services and our Live Big broadcasts. Through your CFC donations, you can help Grace Church make an even bigger difference in the lives of those who need it most. Our CFC number is 35614 No contribution is too big or too small. So sign up today. That's three, five, six, one, four.
0: Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. (laughs)